This is the Defenders Podcast on TV Podcast Industries. This time we're talking about What If Season 1, wrapping it up. Oh, we're in a pub. I know this place. The pub facade was my idea. I read about it in your biography. I hope you like it. Over here, Mimi. Can I get a beer? Welcome back, fellow Defenders, to our final episode of our coverage of What If Season 1. This time we're wrapping up the season, and we're going to be revealing the winner of our pub quiz, along with all of the answers for all the questions we gave out over the season. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Hello there, fellow Defenders. Yes, we're wrapping up What If, wrapping off, and then going to wrap down, I guess, because we're in with the kids. Okay. I'm one of your hosts, John. (laughs) And questioning... Was John ever cool? No, <laughs> I am I re- Chris. I, I really wasn't. I really <laughs> wasn't. <laughs> oh, hey, I've just hey. been a geek and a nerd all my life. I oh, think well, you're cool, John. Yeah, and I'm it- down with the homies, so it's cool. All right, where were you ever cool, Chris? No, God, no. no. <laughs> I can talk. I can talk like I am. Yo, yo, yo. No, that makes you less cool. Yeah, than every really yo. Hey there, fellow like kids. Yeah, with my exactly. head hat backwards. Exactly, Chris. Well, welcome back, fellow defenders, to our uh, our usual end of season chat. Uh, looking forward to having a, a bit a bit of a chat uh, about how what if wrapped up and the season itself. Uh, we're going to have a little bit of feedback uh, from you, lovely, lovely listeners, uh, and we'll also be announcing our pub quiz winner, giving out all the questions and answers. Uh, lots of entrance this time to our what if pub quiz. Yeah, really, really good. Um stuff from our fellow quizzes loads of people coming in Mm -hmm. uh, answering the questions and uh, I I guess that's a sign of good questions. I think it was a sign of being one of the most easy pub quizzes that we've had so far. (laughs) You say that but I don't think so and whenever I try to make it hard then you try and pull me back. That's not true. That's not true. I know. I know a lot of the suggestions that we had from our fellow defenders of questions that they thought you were going to ask had them pausing the screen and counting uh, things that were appearing on screen. <laughs> <laughs> you know, bits of dialogues that they say it more than once in the episode, that kind of stuff. So people do expect them to be a little bit harder. So, uh, so yes, great to get loads of entrance in. Uh, we'll talk about that later on as we get through the episode. Uh, just to mention up front, uh, we, this is obviously the final episode of What If. Uh, we will be moving into another Marvel show next month in November uh, with Hawkeye. Um, that will be. That will be coming out on the main feed on tvpodcastindustries.com. Uh, you'll get all of the podcasts that we cover uh, if you subscribe to the podcast through TV Podcast Industries on any of your favorite podcast players. Uh, or you can go over to our website at tvpodcastindustries.com and choose any one of the 46 shows that we've covered uh, on our podcast. And we'll talk a little bit more about the other stuff coming up for the rest of the year as well later on. And another reminder for you, if you do want to get in contact with us about any of the shows that we've covered or any of the future shows, you can email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. Let's get into discussion about What If Season 1. Once again, to mention for the final time, the executive producers for the show, Brian Andrews, AC Bradley and Brand Winterbaum with Kevin Feige uh, overseeing the whole lot of us. Uh, Head writer for the show was AC Bradley as well. Um, Let's start off with our big question about the season. And let's turn it into a what-if question. What if you had a favourite episode? There were nine episodes this season. Which episode was your favourite? Chris, how about you go first? I, I, I jokingly say it's an easy one for me. Uh, I really enjoyed Zombies. Uh, looking back on it, based on who we got, what we got, mm-hmm. the types of the, the activity we got. Yeah. Um, 
but it was very lighthearted. Theoretically, my favorite probably it, it's a close. It's zombies and it's a sorcerer supreme, strange supreme. It is those two, mm-hmm. um, because they are one is one of the most dark, and the other is well Marvel zombies, and that's something I've loved in the comic books for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So it, it's a it's a tough tie there. If I have to, I'd go dark just because my current mental attitude. Mm-hmm. Um. But. I got Spidey in Marvel Zombies. So, so like, help me. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. How about yourself, John? Any uh, particular standout for you of all the episodes, all nine episodes? Well, surprise, surprise. Um, no, it's Doctor Strange uh, and if he lost his heart instead of his hands. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just really, really liked it. So it, same reason as uh, as uh, Chris. Mm-hmm. I, I really kind of like the darkness of it really and yeah. um and in a strange sense no pun intended definitely um, intended. <laughs> it was it was actually that doctor strange still held up as or strange supreme held up as doctor strange really even though he had kind of gone down an obsessive route mm-hmm. and you could say kind of getting quite close to evil by absorbing all these magical characters but in the end you know came back for the the final episode to help um the the watcher break his oath um and sort of oversee the two squabbling kids in, in the form of Killmonger yeah. and Arnim Zola. So like it, it feels like you know th- there's a lot of similarities between this alternate Strange Supreme and Doctor Strange yeah. um to some extent even though their journey is vastly different and that initial genesis of why it is is different as well. Yeah. So yeah. I I really liked it. I love the the wackiness that can come from doing different dimensions with Doctor Strange, and I think that works really well in animation. Yeah, and um, you know, lots of visuals that I just really really enjoyed from those. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I I think you know as well. I do like to pick uh, maybe another one mm-hmm. or two, and I I really liked uh, the T'Challa. Uh, becoming Star Lord as well. Mm-hmm. That yeah, was a really it just. It was the second episode. I really liked the Captain Carter one, but for me, the T'Challa one really gave the potential of what if could do, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I really liked that. Plus, I think it just, just having um, Chadwick Boseman doing the voice there. Um, I think that was really meaningful. It really added a different sort of dimension yeah. to to that episode. So that would definitely be uh, a very close second to that. And a very close third to that <laughs> would be Marvel Zombies because mm-hmm. um, I did enjoy seeing the cape um, and certainly wrapped around Spider-Man was pretty cool. Wow, the Doctor Strange fan calling it a cape. Uh, there as well the cloak well you know cloak okay sorry it's potatoes potatoes you know (laughs) cloak cape but you're right yes cloak of levitation it was great seeing the cloak of levitation only because i've been corrected on that a few times fellow defenders so uh (laughs) or bed sheet (laughs) 
And what did you think about that final episode? Do you think it added more to those to the stories throughout the season? Like you mentioned about the end of Doctor Strange, uh, su- Supreme Sorcerer Strange, I guess. Um, the end of that ends with him kind of in a villainous role. He's killed an entire universe effectively by pulling in all his powers. Whereas him coming back in that final episode adds a little bit of that story and a little bit to his character. Do you think that was a, a good way to wrap up the series that way, tying all of those endings together and giving a little bit more story to the characters that we saw in the previous episodes? Yeah, I mean, it gave him a, some redemption, I think. I mean, again, I'm mm. not entirely sure whether, you know, he is fully good or evil. Mm. But uh, he's an heroic, in heroic uh, he, side he, in the he final He is episode. heroic. And, and again, with Doctor Strange and Strange Supreme, he is doing things out of arrogance. You know, this yeah. the, the arrogance that he can bring Christine back to mm-hmm. life without any consequences for the world. And in fact, it has consequences for the universe mm-hmm. uh, in, in terms of the, the types of, of spells, incantations and magic that he's trying to use here. And, yeah. um, that, you know, there's always that great thing. Magic has a price uh, in in the Marvel world, mm-hmm. uh, and the price of absorbing all those magical beings, using the magic, incanting the spell, was that it effectively collapsed the entire universe in in and didn't bring Christine back either. Mm. And you know, in, in a smaller way, it's his arrogance to go to Camotage. It's it's not to become Sorcerer Supreme, it's simply to get his hands back so he can still be this world-renowned, uh, very rich, very capable uh, surgeon. Um, and it, it's the changes along the way. And in this universe um, with Strange Supreme, it, it's that he, he doesn't have those... Um, effectively those positive influences coming in on him whether it's the ancient one and um, whether it's wong uh all coming in you know um yeah, the, the, yeah. and in fact he's actually facilitated to do what he does in this universe through obene and so you know that's really kind of different so yeah I, I like how it, it, it wrapped up at the end with him being, you know, slightly redeemed here. Mm, yeah, yeah. And hopefully uh, we may see him back in season two as well. Um, what about yourself? For myself, um, you know, it's tough, really. These are all uh, really different episodes. Lo- that's one of the things I loved about the What If concept in this season. It was it was really taking different styles and yeah, different stories and, and looking at them from completely different ways. I suppose because of the kind of things I love in the Marvel Universe, the, the episode three, when uh, the world lost its mightiest heroes, I thought it had the best kind of twist to it. Uh, initially seeing Tony Stark die and then each of the Avengers dying and that kind of murder mystery who's playing out here, who's who's responsible for all this, I thought was really, really interesting. And of course, uh, it being central around Nick Fury and uh, Agent Coulson and uh, Black Widow for the most part uh, made it really enjoyable for me. Uh, love Captain Carter if she was the first Avenger because it was just like seeing the first Avenger movie with Captain Carter at the center of it. And I love how that played out in the end of the season, seeing yeah. Captain Carter back and that she's going to be involved hopefully in, in future seasons. So I uh, really enjoyed that as well. She's a, she's a great character and giving uh, Peggy Carter her due and putting her at the center of a story again uh, was great for me in the season. So uh, yeah, loved, loved all of those. But I would I would count those final two episodes, episode eight and nine, as, as the kind of the... the finale of the season the two of those together really don't work without the rest of the season absolutely so I, I couldn't choose those as my favorite having all of those individual stories on their own the first six episodes and then the thor one um being 
fun in fun as individual episodes was was really enjoyable and then just having the capper of having something that tied them all together at the end was a great choice but uh but yeah my favorite i think would have been what if the world lost its mightiest heroes that was a uh, great fun yeah I mean, it was a good one um and i i think it is the achievement of this series uh of this first season is just having the the loveliness of that episodic single uh, story uh, standalone from episode to episode, mm-hmm. which does have threads coming and that get pulled in in those last two, yeah. uh, and bringing it to a hold. So it's not all just disconnected, but dare I say it, MCU connected uh, mm-hmm. in, in in the end. And um, but I, I liked them going through the episodic stuff like yourself. You yeah. know, you you couldn't do. Episode three, the world lost its mightiest heroes in a sense. If it, um, was all connected, even though they even tied that in at the end, which we caught very late, uh, in the day. We did. Um, but you know, <laughs> that is probably the most standalone, uh, story actually, uh, of this series, just because it only features very, you know, uh, as, um, a place where Natasha is able to go from, um, a- after fighting Ultron yeah. a- a- and um, separating the stones, so yeah. uh, I-, I I think that was really really neatly played um, throughout this series. Absolutely, absolutely, and also you know obviously we're gonna we'll, we will mention it's uh, great to have the amount of cast back from the MCU that we had for the show uh, and the voice actors they had. Uh, Additionally, on the show, were great. I do wonder if that means in season two we'll get less and less of the uh, of these phase one to four or four phase one to three actors coming back to reprise their roles from from the movies and we're really going to see uh, more of some of the more recent actors which i think we'll talk about later on but just great to see a lot or hear a lot of those voices that we haven't heard in the past even people like stanley tucci coming back and toby jones coming back for those minor roles that they would have had in the movies and coming back and, and playing them in the in the in this animated show was great fun uh, yeah yeah the the one for me and i looking back as we've discussed it here now I still stand by what my favorites were. Mm-hmm. The most impactful, I think, is still the first Captain Carter. Right. Um, you could argue that it is the most unique in that on the other ones, it, aside from the zombies, it is also the one that could possibly become something more. Mm-hmm. Haley Atwell as Captain Carter, or sorry, as Agent Carter, always had a much including ourselves, a groundswell of support mm-hmm. uh, as uh, Agent Carter and this kind of uh, a vein of support and comic book lovers and character lovers to cross the MCU since, ever since essentially the first Avenger and beyond mm-hmm. into her own shows. Yeah. Um, this this resurgence of Hayley Atwell as Captain Carter and the the, the amazing... The amazing work she did, uh, though, lending her voice to this, really uh, has, from in my own opinion, kind of reingratiated Carter into the MCU again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I've seen more talk about Hayley Atwell. I've seen more talk about Carter, be it captain or agent, yeah. in the la- since that episode than I have majority of the others outside of Doctor Strange. And everyone thinking that uh, Strange Supreme is the the Doctor in uh, the new Spider Man film, which I don't I don't lend credence to. But I don't outside no. of that, <laughs> yeah, no. she she is now the I think the the biggest 
I want to say star, but it's not star. The, 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 the linchpin, I think, that potentially could, if they were to do a live action version of a what if of some kind, I can mm-hmm. see that happening. Or if Asian Carter was to get her own Guardians of the Multiverse spin off outside of what if, she would be the connecting character and I could see her becoming the main kind of central character, central thread and the whole shebang beyond there. Absolutely. And we know, having covered the first two seasons of the show while it was on air, and we know the uh, we know those fans really well. There's people that absolutely love um, Captain Carter and absolutely loved Agent Carter at the time, and they have only grown in size yeah. over the years since that show, show ended. And I think them being shown this other path for Peggy Carter was uh, was great fun. So they all kind of rally around as well, like ourselves. That's why we loved it so much. Uh, anything else on what we did see in season one that we want to talk about that we haven't talked about yet? I want to take one piece, um, and I, I know Derek will 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 so slightly go back and forth on this. What I found was that some of the endings, so we talked about, okay, so the, the premise of the Wad of comic books were always a single change, changes everything, and you would always let, be left with a, a kind of like, what goes beyond? They would never go beyond that initial kind of one issue, mm-hmm. typically. Yeah. Um, so what I did find a bit more problematic with this season uh, of what we've got, right? was that looking back on it, some of the endings were a bit too abrupt. Mm-hmm. And I particularly think of, like, say, the, the Killmonger episode. That is the one that kind of really stands out. Or, unfortunately, the Thor episode, just as it is, because then the next one we got the, the, the Watcher fight, so it still left that Thor episode with this very abrupt ending. Mm. Um because it didn't explain how Ultron went into Thor's world mm-hmm. and then ended go out went out left went after the Watcher and Thor was just left battling the Ultron robots. Absolutely. And did you still feel that at the end of the series when it when it did all wrap it together? I did because I think it was just what they need to do going into season two is take a bit more of a thread from the comic book, which is you can still have those abrupt endings, but you need to close the story a bit in a, a bit more of a kind of soft round edge where you can still th- like they, they, it, the Killmonger one essentially just cut almost mm-hmm. like fade to black. Yeah. Not, but it wasn't a fade to black. It was a hard cut to black. Yeah. And that was where I found that a few of these episodes kind of did that. Yeah. I'd, I'd agree with that. And, and I know uh, with interviews with the, with the showrunners for the show, they effectively said they had the amount of time they had to make the episodes and there are some things that are, that that couldn't be put into the episodes some things that couldn't couldn't fit into the time that they had available to them um i think overall they accomplished their job there's a couple of little moments there but once they got to the end of the season and everything's wrapped up with a two episode arc that brings everybody together and gives you a little update to where that where they were left i think as a season it's yeah. actually wrapped pretty tightly um and we'll talk about that in in what i want to see in season two but I'll say it right now. What I want to see in season two is nine unconnected episodes. I don't want every season to wrap up with a two episode finale that ties all the nine episodes together because that's not what if for me. I want them to be able to be really open and be able to explore much more of the multiverse, much more of the universe and tell unique individual stories about the characters in the 30 minutes that they have available to them. (laughs) And that's that's it. And then move on to something else the next week. And look, that's fair. I think, yes, we we got a nicer rounder edge on the last two and that kind of for as a season mm-hmm. 
Yeah. The, it's just, it was just the decision to do some of more of those hard cuts. And again, animation is hard. Uh, making films, TV shows, entertainment is hard. Absolutely. Doing it during a global pandemic where everyone's working from home and broadband issues, blah, blah, blah. All that only intensifies it. And I think that's, yeah. we do know even like, like a lot of one division was coming right down to the wire. It wasn't like, uh, the, when they were doing one division, they were sending, oh, it was even Loki as well. They were sending them in like two weeks before it was due to air. They were doing the final cut on it. Yeah, exactly. I also think it, it you know, as you say, there's all those challenges, but there is a real challenge and skill to short form writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I think that's really important to to acknowledge in this is that, you know, like with episode one with Captain Carter, I mean, they effectively took a two hour movie, uh, changed the Mm. premise of it uh, and distilled the key parts whilst adding in slightly additional elements to it within 30 minutes, you know, give or give or take. And that is like a skill of 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 writing. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I and I guess, as they said, you know, they were given the time that they were given. So, you know, with the Killmonger episode, it was, as it stands alone, a little abrupt. Um, I think we all said it needed, it could, or it could have done with, you know, maybe an extra five minutes or something. But yeah, I think ultimately, did, yeah. their short form of writing was that they connected it into the short form of episode uh, of nine. Of, uh, episode nine. Yeah. So, like, I think they did really well. And yeah. I, I, I don't mind that connectivity um so much if they do that in season two um but i certainly like the episodic um disconnected feeling mm-hmm. uh, of of the episodes and i think that works well uh for the the short form of, of the of the episodes yeah. and if you are connecting them, it really is with such a light touch, whether it's the tentacles of Captain Carter in, in episode one to, to Doctor Strange, whether it's, you know, the wrap up that we see uh, at the start of, of episode nine around things like episode seven with Thor or episode six with Killmonger. So I, I thought they did really well. Yeah. Speaking of really well, we, we think they did well. What do we think? What what was missing? So let's move on to our next point. What if there had been more? Is there anything that you would have loved to have seen? And Derek, I'm going to throw it to you first because I'm pretty sure I know what you want. Hey, look, we have a season two. There's there's so many things to explore, but I think the 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 opportunity that's missed when a Marvel TV show like this doesn't at least acknowledge the uh, TV shows that are in the MCU, um, things like Agents of Shield. There's, there's, you know, there's six seasons of that show. You have the character there. You have Clark Gregg coming on to voice him as well, and to diss it and to completely ignore it. Uh, that a little bit annoying. I just would love to have seen them incorporate that a little bit. You know, bring in some of the other actors uh, doing some voice roles yeah. just as Agents of Shield to incorporate them back into the universe. The first opportunity, the only opportunity they've ever had to do this in animated form. So I would love to have seen them just have that. And I know the the constant argument from Kevin Feige is that he doesn't want people to have to go out and watch six seasons of a show to understand a reference. But hey, you stuck Howard the Duck in five yep. of your movies and hardly anybody knows that character at all. And you stuck him in the in, in What If, you know? Um, 
all he is is a walking, talking duck. You know, I think you could probably get away with referencing one or two of the TV shows in this first season of, of What If, and especially because he had Clark Gregg in there. That's my my only thing I would love to have seen. But yeah. so much more to explore in season two. You never know what will come. They very much could have just done the season one. So you don't even need to go into the whole quake or the humans or any of that. You could have just done What If Coulson Had Lived. Like, that's an interest. That That's one I would have gone, ooh. Interesting. Let's see where you go with that. I, I agree. I, I think it would have been great to have seen some little elements from um, Agent Carter mm-hmm. and, and from uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, as you say, certainly given those characters in this series. Yeah. And, I, I, and you know, I can kind of let them away again. Given the audience for the show, I can, of course, let them away with not bringing in the Netflix shows with the violence of Daredevil and Jessica Jones because you don't want your eight-year-old going, oh, who's that character? Can I go and watch his TV show for Netflix? Like, I can kind of get that still. <laughs> oh, yes, you know. let's see the corridor scene in animated form. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's like the first episode of Daredevil, remember? So, uh, right, you yeah. know, it, it, you probably don't want to push kids towards that, and that's that's kind of fighting the mantra about the Netflix stuff. But just referencing the other TV shows, at least the ABC TV shows, there's no reason why you wouldn't. They're on Disney+. Plus. What a great way to get people to go over and change over and watch yeah. the continuing adventures of Colton, you know? Yep. That would have been Agreed. nice. How about yourself, John? Is there anything that you didn't see in season one that you would have liked to have seen in season one? I'm a stickler for the festive spirit. I really would have loved to have seen a Christmas special based around Iron Man 3. Ooh. I love Iron Man 3. It would have had little aim bots probably coming through. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I just think that could have been quite a nice uh, little touch to have an alternative uh, Christmas uh, or festive MCU element uh, in this uh, as well. You what? know, they they took the they took the the humor or lack of, if you are Derek uh, from <laughs> Thor Ragnarok. So you know, and pulled that into here. Um, and I loved the the sensibilities of Iron Man three. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it really was underrated movie, yeah. just really good, and even with trevor i love the fact that they messed with marvel fans including myself with the leader of the 10 rings with trevor i just thought it was a real nice sort of just silly funny uh element to it and i really like trevor um Mm -hmm. i just love that storyline how it, it it's kind of just so um it kind of disrespects the the canon, and I like that. I think it it it's, it adds uh, to something really good. It's like punk. It's like having yeah. a punk and um, sort of song in the middle of it. Really, just yeah. sort of messing things up, messing with your mind. And I, I love the aim aspect to it as well. So, so what you'd like to have seen in What If would be more of a What If Tony had a fun Christmas? Basically, would be the the story there, rather than being depressed and uh, and wanting to die after his experience in New York. So you get a much more fun Christmas comedy experience of Tony Stark. Yeah. Yeah, and and maybe a more serious Trevor. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that would be kind of cool. That'd be kind of cool. And maybe Tony wouldn't die in the episode uh, this time. Yeah, it could well. have been the one si- one mm. episode that Tony didn't die. There you go. Um, exactly. There's just one other little thing which would have been kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Given the Doctor Strange uh, episode, mm-hmm. because in the original movie, the original watcher at the new york sanctum is daniel drum which is all related to um brother voodoo Mm -hmm. 
And I kind of would have liked something pulled into what if around around that. What I if mean, somebody else was the Sorcerer Supreme kind of thing. Yeah. Well, possibly. I mean, they've done that, and and not even going that far, to be honest. Um, but just um, I mean, the way the story went with the with episode four, it, it you know it, it didn't focus on anything like that. So. Mm-hmm. They didn't, but it's just the fact that in the movie, you know, and even I tend to forget that the sorcerer at the New York Sanctum at the time is Daniel Drum. Um, And that's all related into the the backstory of Brother Voodoo, Mm. Uh, you know, him having there being two brothers um, and one of them dying and and his spirit being used and not even to go into that but just maybe to give a little bit more of a hint because I I think that would be really kind of a nice sort of tee up for possibly introducing this character into the phase four I guess they're not going to but I, I, Mm. I like the fact that they included him in the first Doctor Strange movie I still think there's a possibility for Multiverse of Madness Different Doctor Strange, different Sorcerer Supremes being shown yeah. throughout the multiverse. Yeah, One of them, like, you'll get a Brother Voodoo, you'll get the Doctor Strange. When you remember where he wore the costume? Yeah, the full Loki. Yeah, all that type of thing. Yeah, so uh, uh, that's just a, an element of change on episode four. But yeah. I mean, I'm happy enough that it didn't. I just, I'm intrigued by the fact that Daniel Drum is yep. in the movie originally. And you'd like to have seen him in, in what? Yeah, and I really show. like Brother that would be cool as well. You know, the, the, like one of those weird things about Marvel is because they're doing 25 movies, the sequels that they choose to their movies are so different to how any other studio handles sequels. You know, at this stage, you know, we're talking almost five years now since Doctor Strange and we yeah, haven't yeah. had a sequel out, you know? And it's not, that's not just COVID, it's just how they've planned it. By now, you would usually have a successful movie series. You'd probably have three or four movies of Doctor Strange that would have been exploring all aspects of that universe. So using something like What If, which can just pick up a thread and go, ooh, what would happen here with this character that we saw in the background of one of the movies and and spinning it off into its own half-hour episode is something that hopefully I'd love to see them do in in season two. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Agreed. How about yourself, Chris? What uh, what were you missing in season one? What would you like to have seen in season one? I have two very quick ones. The first being another Nick Fury I, 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 Nick Fury and Maria Hill do something. Or what if mm-hmm. Nick Fury actually was part of Hydra? Um, so from like the Winter Soldier. Right. Uh, kind of like something. I love Samuel L. Jackson, mm-hmm. but also like, like you could do something fun. What if, what if a Nick Fury LMD went rogue? Right. Yep. There's yeah. just something you could have done something there. And I think that would have been fun, but have given a bit more Samuel L. Jackson mm-hmm. because. We don't know how much of these, as you kind of previously say, we don't know how many of the phase one to three characters we're going to get of, uh, in going into the next phase. Yeah. So it was kind of, I was like, yeah, give me a bit more of these guys. Yep. Just kind of um, give yep. them a bit more fun. I'm always down for more Nick Fury. Yeah. Of course. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I'd love, love to see that. Uh, did you guys see today a tweet from, uh, or Instagram post from, uh, from Samuel L. Jackson? Filming has begun on, uh, on Secret Invasion. Uh, he is back. Filming has begun as of today. So, um, so yes, that's, uh, that Secret Invasion is going. Does that mean they're finished the Marvels? 
I don't know. I have no idea. One's the TV show uh, that's coming out on uh, Disney Plus in the future, and Marvel's is the new movie uh, coming yes. out. So I don't know whether the filming schedules uh, cross over or whether right. we did see him show his uh, his eye patch and his uh, and his goatee, showing that he was filming the Marvels. That was a couple of months ago, but we don't know how how central he is in that movie. Uh, there may just be a short scene with him in there, but this is his TV show centering centering on Nick Fury. So uh, really cool to see that's coming up. Yeah, the reason I ask is Monica Rambeau um, from One Division fame. Is mm-hmm. in both. Um, she plays a central character, a central figure in both of the, the, the Marvel's film and as potentially, potentially Spectrum. Mm. But also we last saw her going off into space, uh, with the scroll or yeah. going off to meet someone. Which would actually to- explain the completely unsubstantiated rumor that Monica Rambo is getting her own spin-off show on Disney Plus after the Egg of the Heart. This announcement that she's getting her spin-off show. There, there was a, a minor announcement in one of the other let's say, alternative nerd press uh, <laughs> uh, publications that said that Monica Rambeau is getting a spin-off. They probably were just hearing stuff about uh, the work that she's doing on the TV show. Yes, um, that, that, that could be it, but there you go. Yep. Anyway, Chris, I talked over here. What was the what was the other thing that you would like to have seen in season one of What If? Spidey. More Baby. Spidey. More Spidey. More that Spidey. was that. Uh, you actually said this when we were talking, um, and I'm going to give credit to you, Um there is a there is a famous what if that actually turned into uh, multiple other things, which is um, essentially what if um, um, Spider Man became Man Spider. Right. Don't credit me with that, Chris. That was the uh, the makers of the show said that they brought that as an idea to Kevin Feige, and he said uh, he put the kibosh on it and said he wasn't going to do it because there was too much horror elements. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I, I didn't come up with that one. <laughs> Nuts. Uh, yeah, I would have loved to see something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. A more Spidey, but also, yes, like if we got a dark one like Doctor Strange, why not a dark one like body horror as of, um, where Spider-Man goes and laying eggs and eating like flies and Ant-Man and yeah. things. It would have been good. It could have, yeah. it, there was a little bit of body horror in the Doctor Strange one when he exactly. sort of manifested all the creatures. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. I just think more something like that, or like, what if Mysterio had won, or what if uh, Spider-Man had lost to the Vulture, uh, Vulture had got all the Stark tech, mm-hmm. um, coming, uh, Happy would have been fired, you could have gone down that whole route, yeah. and, and that's just, a, again, everyone knows, it. everyone who listens to our podcast know I have a deep love and appreciation of all things mm-hmm. Spidey, um, I think that could have been, you could have done something, but that being said... There is always season two. Uh, well, exactly, exactly. That's why I was wondering about this question now about what what was kind of missing or what would you like to see more of within season one. I know for me with Spidey, uh, because of how teased we were with Spidey and the uh, cloak of levitation around his neck, I was expecting much more, especially when we saw the title of Z- Spider Man Zombie Hunter, which he doesn't really do too much of in the season. He does explain what zombies are and he gives that whole intro to Banner about what this zombie universe is, but. He's not really a zombie hunter in the show, and I would love to have seen a bit more of that uh, in the episodes. I was kind of expecting that the whole way throughout Marvel Zombies, that uh, or what if zombies, that uh, we'd see Peter Parker as a zombie hunter, and that it turned out to be a little bit of a, a gag as to why the cloak was uh, was wrapping itself around uh, yeah. around Peter Parker. <laughs> but there you go. I think that's it for the kind of things that we haven't seen in season one. 
Let's go on to our final point about what if, which is what if we knew what was happening in season two? And this is just simply coming from the fact there was an interview in Screen Rant this week with AC Bradley and Brian Andrews, the uh, showrunners, we'll call them, uh, for the show, the executive producers, uh, where they gave some kind of tidbits about what will be happening in season two. AC Bradley says, we get to play a bit more with phase four in those parts of the MCU multiverse. So hopefully you'll be seeing some Shang-Chi characters, some Black Widow characters, maybe an Eternal or two will pop up. As for revisiting our season one heroes, I love Peggy Carter and our post credit scene was kind of a promise. Hopefully a promise that her story will continue in different ways. We'll be focusing on different characters, new heroes, new stories. For me, the fun of What If isn't just a spectacle and the thrills. It's taking these iconic characters, both the ones we've grown up with and the ones we're just meeting thanks to the movies and showing different sides of who they are, showing who is the human behind the iconic silhouette. For me, everything starts with character. The only reason people love seeing a giant Ultron fighting a wizard and a zombie is because we know their stories and we're invested. Yeah, and then what we had Brian Andrews saying, true, I mean, just seeing Nat and Peggy interact in the finale is amazing. Or that scene with Nat and Clint, Jeremy Renner, in the penultimate episode interacting. There are certain combinations where you just love seeing people together. You just love seeing the conversation. It's that emotion that gets you invested so that all that big whoosh-bang stuff, you're free to jump out of your chair and go, yeah, because you have context. If it's just all that other stuff with no connectivity, then it doesn't have any meaning. you got to have both. So some interesting ideas there about what we could be seeing in season two. I also confirmed in the same interview, just in case we haven't said it before, definitely confirmed in that interview, that 10th episode of the season was absolutely the story of what happened with uh, in the battle against Thanos. Um, that Gamora one, she's she's called the, the killer of Thanos in episode nine of, of this season of What If. So we will see that episode. It is it is being finished off at the moment and will be part of season two so so that will definitely be part of it uh, anything there that pops up to your attention i was kind of intrigued that we're that we're moving to phase four so we're kind of skipping yeah. over a lot of the other stuff that we've seen to bring in characters from shang chi and from black widow and the eternals which is only just coming up now so um so you'd expect that they're only well, pretty much working on it at the moment i guess yeah exactly i mean i think there's, there's certainly a long plan here mm-hmm. and so with Shang-Chi, uh, with the Black Widow movie and the Eternals, I guess, you know, that the concept at least has been around for a bit longer, uh, for the, the, the guys here, uh, and, and the team doing what if, mm-hmm. um, have been able to, you know, look at. And of course, with Kevin Feige as an executive producer giving that sort of, higher level direction i i guess it you know it it makes sense um i certainly um i'm so glad they they have talked about the promise of peggy carter for season two because Mm -hmm. yet with that um with that post-credit scene you definitely feel um that that can that can jump off really nicely and and keeping uh natasha romanov there with that relationship as well so i that's really good i know it's not what was read out here i know you just added it in uh after um chris had finished um mentioning what brian andrews said but i will be intrigued to see will the gamora episode be a standalone i guess they all will be like mm-hmm. we've been discussing but will that mean that these are all just standalone that they're not going to connect like in season one because otherwise 
that would be quite intriguing to see how they connect it into something uh, from from phase four uh, or it could just be a very standalone um say a bit more like episode three from this season with yeah. um the the avengers episodes with nick fury now it is a bit of a problem obviously because we saw that scene with gamora yeah. and, and uh, tony stark after the battle with thanos where they beat thanos so exactly. we kind of know what happens in the episode so that's kind of a little bit unfortunate about when they put out the episode you'll kind of know where where it is but that's the end of Endgame, and we're going into Phase Four now, which is just after Endgame or around the same time as Endgame. Yeah. So, technically speaking, those characters, if they were to cross over, would be very close to each other. But that said, you did you did have Peggy Carter coming in from her storyline at the start of uh, well, the first Avenger time, joining up with characters yeah. from from later That's on in true. the universe. So, if they're to cross them all over, and they were specifically asked the question, and of course their answer was, "We can't tell you anything about whether there will be <laughs> an ending where this all ties up together in season two. They've set it here in the first season. As I said, I'm perfectly happy if they have another 20 episodes of the show and there's no connection between them at all. That would be my my real want for season two would be explore the universe, explore the multiverse. And maybe the Watcher storyline can have a connection feeding through that whole bit where he's on trial or he's being attacked by other Watchers. But leave those individual universe stories separate and have maybe a little kind of tag into every episode of what the watcher's experience is outside of all those universes i don't think they need to tie everybody in and bring them all into another superhero battle at the end of the season that's a good point actually i i would love to see the consequences for the watcher in in season two Mm. um and or for the watcher just to get that standalone uh episode um of effectively the fallout from season one yeah i think that would be really good yeah for the character yeah i agree um i i would be very happy with standalone i don't think they're gonna do it i i think when they bring them together they get more big bang for their book more opportunities so i i, I don't think that is the case what would you like to happen chris what i would like to happen is these in more individual i i, I agree like I'm, I'm there with you. I don't think it is going to happen. I mm-hmm. think it is going to be, we will get ten episodes this season, uh, or next season, maybe eleven, depending on like the the Gamora comes first, and then you're gonna open again with Peggy, and then you get a number, and then it wraps at the end. Right. Like I think that's the way they're gonna go. We're gonna get more than likely. What if the Eternals broke their promise and interfered earlier on? We're mm-hmm. gonna get Shang Chi, whatever. We're going to get Black Widow and the Red Guardian and tweaks on that. So you, that, that starts filling up pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you add all those together, like that's five already, plus Spider-Man is six, plus a Doctor Strange is seven, because you've got to assume that this comes out probably around, if I don't know if it will be next year, maybe the year after. Yeah. So by that point, you have a number of, and they're probably already using those scripts and discussions and things like that. Um, because if it is the following year, they have to, and they say they're moving towards phase four, they have to have a lot of that phase four content in there. Yeah, absolutely. Like they're, they're in phase four now and, and Black Widow is supposed to come out a year ago, of course, yeah. as, as we know. So, uh, they would have been in that already at the moment. Um, one thing that was just mentioned, I just thought it was, it was funny to hear it. So they, when they were breaking the stories of the season, had 25 episodes that they brought episode titles, episode concepts that they brought to Kevin Feige, who was supposed to cut them down to the season that was given to them, which was 10 episodes originally. Um, 
they've made this decision for the half hour shows on Disney Plus that all of them are going to be nine episodes. So that's, I think, another part of the reason why they cut off one episode from the season. But he couldn't cut down further from 15 episodes, which is why they've got a season two. <laughs> so oh, effectively, wow. they, were, they went over 25. Yeah, he came great. up and said, those 15 are great ideas. I'd love to see all of those. You've effectively got two season splits there. Right? Yeah. And yeah. one of them is nine episodes in the first season and then and then the rest are going into the second season. That's a, I think that's right, really interesting because the concept of what if is such, can be such a complex concept. It's we're dropping into a universe, we're telling this story that's completely Definitely. different from anything people have seen and here's 15 different versions of that or 25 different versions of that or 100 different versions of that. You know, they said they were breaking it down from that and that's all they brought into Kevin Feige was just the 25. So, yeah. um, I love that he had that kind of oversight. That's uh, great. So, yeah. yeah, I think that's fantastic. I, I'm very curious to see where it all goes. I think now they, they are more and more getting the, the world used to the greater public, the greater Marvel Cinematic Universe public, getting used to the idea of what a, a multiverse is, what mm-hmm. are alternative universes, and how yeah. things... like they, the, the premise The premise is tough, it, like, and it's... It's sometimes hard to get your head around, especially if you're coming in not understanding the background of comics. Mm-hmm. Just you've come, you've seen a couple of Endgame, you've seen Endgame once, you've seen one or two of the other MCUs when someone dragged you along. Yeah. And then you're shown this and you're like, oh, I thought this happened. They're doing a good job of explaining everything. Yeah. So I think they're going to end up continuing to capitalize on that where it's yeah. like, okay, the, there is a multiverse now. Here is how we will do it. Yeah, and I think the the what if going forward gives them that opportunity to go a bit more to stray from the the golden ideal MCU path, the 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 the, the golden timeline. Mm-hmm. Like this gives you that additional definitely. What if? Absolutely, I love that you avoided saying sacred timeline there, Chris. I know. Uh, I didn't, I didn't well want done. to. <laughs> well I hate, it's just one. Of, it's something about that term. I just like ah. <laughs> well, it's Does gone it's, now anyway. So exactly. There is no sacred timeline. Don't need time. to remember sacred timeline anymore. Um, before we go on to some feedback about uh, about season one of What If, is there anything else you want to close out for the episode? We kind of uh, we've already talked kind of about our defense of the of the season overall. We all really enjoyed the season. But is there anything else you want to add to our coverage of What If for the season, John? Anything you want to? No, add? I've got no nothing more to add. I just loved this season. Mm-hmm. Um, even party thought uh, was. Right. You know, was was fun and it was good. I mean, at the time I defended it, um, I think it was the one that fitted maybe less well, um, but I I I did enjoy it. And ultimately, it is the thing that just provides that snippet for those final two as well. So, mm. um, it, it it was good to have it in there. I yeah. think it's got to play to a wide audience, um, but certainly I I really liked how how they did this. I think, um. I thought it was just done really, really well. Yeah, I will say, even though I didn't like the Thor episode, his character wouldn't have made any sense in those last two episodes without seeing that Thor, that Thor one. I just wish it had been incorporated into the Gamora episode so we wouldn't have had to watch a whole episode of Party Thor and they just had incorporated Party Thor into a better episode. Uh, you know, But obviously it justifies itself when you get to the end of the season, of course. Um, anything else from yourself, Chris, before we go on to some feedback? No, just I think they can go wackier. Go weirder. Right. Yep. I think that, yeah, like, yeah. okay, I know we got zombies. Mm-hmm. And that's still pretty wacky, but they can go further. Give us Mars Morales. Give us X Men. Well, that Give will us... bring in Sony, won't it? 
With, True, with exactly. Mice. I know so it's that, all that's the complication ultimately. Yeah, of course. But other thing, I, I, my, my, my only bit is go wackier, go wilder, go weirder, and uh, give me more Spidey. Uh, there you go. Which is more difficult. But there you yeah. are. Excellent, excellent. Thanks for that, guys. Let's get on to some feedback. First up, we got an email into feedback at tvpodcastinterviews.com from Becky Mullins, who says, Hi, Derek, John, and Chris. This is my first time sending in feedback, and what if may seem like a very strange place to start? I only caught up with the rest of the world this year when I watched the entire MCU for the first time during the January lockdown, so I've only just got up to date with your podcast. I'm not a connoisseur of comic books, and I wasn't initially sold on the concept of what if, so I wasn't going to bother with it. But you inspired me to give you give it a try. I've enjoyed the series a lot more than I thought I would, and having your voices as well as the watchers guiding me through has really <laughs> helped me follow along with the concept of timelines and multiverses. My favorite episodes were the murder mystery one, probably because I love crime dramas, and ironically the zombies episode. Usually I hate anything to do with zombies. I thought the last episode was very clever, bringing it all together in a way like it did. And I'm pretty proud of myself for immediately catching the connecting episode to where the watcher sent Black Widow at the end even though it took you guys almost a whole <laughs> podcast. I'm really excited for Hawkeye next month, and I can't wait for the next Spider-Man movie. You've also inspired me to start watching Why the Last Man, so I'll be catching up with that in the interim. Thank you for all your hard work in the podcast. You're a pleasure to listen to. Cheers, Becky. Becky, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to get that kind of email in. Yeah, it's really, really lovely. Thanks um, so much, Becky. Mm. And, and certainly... Um, Sort of going from zero to 100% on the MCU during the January lockdown. That is some feat Absolutely. Uh, as well. I mean, I know we're, we're all locked down and, um, we can't do other things that we would normally have done in our daily life, but that, that's a great, um, I think that's a really good way of, of, of spending it is to go to something that, um, you hadn't looked at before and to go full on and take it warts and all, whether you like some movies or not and mm -hmm. just get into it. So, um, uh, absolute props, uh, for, for doing that little movie marathon. Little uh, for 25 sure. movies. No, exactly. <laughs> I was being ironic. <laughs> That's what you and your wife did, Chris, wasn't it? Yep. We did. Um, uh, it's a great thing to do, uh, during, <laughs> the lockdown. What else were we to do? Uh, Becky, all I can say is one of us. One of us. <laughs> Absolutely. We're very happy to have you being one of us. Welcome aboard, fellow defender. There yes, exactly. Love to see you, what your thoughts are on Why the Last Man. So please send in feedback for that. And yeah, I'm right there with you. Very excited for Hawkeye. We have just found out, and obviously Spider-Man, but we've just found out that we are getting two Hawkeye episodes on day one. That's all the Hawkeye you need. You get Absolutely. two Hawkeyes and two Hawkeye episodes. What more do you want, people? Yeah. Six episode season. Great we were stuff. all trying to work out why, uh, how they would uh, manage the schedule of it because the uh, book of Boba Fett is coming out um, at Christmas. So um, that's how they're managing it, putting two episodes out on day one and, and one episode a week after that. Yeah, so they'll exactly. basically, I think that means the last episode of Hawkeye comes out the same day as book of Boba Fett. Is that right? Same week. Oh yes, of course, because the uh, the Star Wars shows come out on Fridays and Marvel shows come out on Wednesdays. There you go. There we go. What a great way to do it. Uh, there you go. Yes, we're all excited too, Becky. Thanks so much once again uh, to you. Uh, let's get over to another email. Yes, uh, thanks, Becky. Um, our other email came in from Jerry. Uh, Jerry says, "Hey guys, I thought the first season of What If was great. My only dislike is Party Thor." 
Yes, I'm a big party pooper. Go, Jerry. There is no way he is worthy to carry that hammer. I repeat again, I'm a party pooper. <laughs> I'm really excited for season two, and I hope for more things with Loki and Tony Stark not dying in whatever episode he's in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jerry from Niceville. Uh, thanks, Jerry. Yeah, I think we all want to see a little less Tony Stark death, um, maybe for season two. And yeah, Loki would be, would be really good given, um, his own TV series as well. Yeah. And, and feeding into, um, the next phase of the MCU, uh, for sure. It feels like it could kind of cement some of those Disney Plus TV shows if you put them into the what if universe now, wouldn't it? Yeah. You know, it feels like if you did yeah. a little bit of, you know, what if the TVA hadn't caught Loki, um, you know, and, and just did that journey from that moment at the start, uh, how that series kicked off effectively, you know, those kind of things to kind of nail them uh, a bit more into the MCU. And those options are available. They're on the table now. Thanks very much for that, Jerry. Thank you so much, Jerry. Now let's head on over to Facebook where we have a bit of feedback from Deanna DeBrian Maskell, who said, I love how this whole series and this episode really leaned into the awesomeness of Marvel women. I could watch a Captain Carter and Black Widow team up all day. Mm -hmm. I am disappointed with their treatment of my girl Gamora, though. I am all in on the Guardians of the Multiverse, from the team cute meat montage to the awkward drink speech to the awesome fight sequences. Mm -hmm. I would hate to say goodbye to the grown-up Thor of our sacred timeline, but I did enjoy Party Thor during this episode. So many screams. I love the battle cry. In the end, I also love how true to their values each of these quote-unquote heroes remain across the multiverse. Thank you so much, Deanna. I I think you're probably... No, let's be honest. There are quite a few who do enjoy Party Thor. I know some people did not. Mm -hmm. Pointing fingers. But there's not a a finger-pointing thing. Uh, We... Thor has grown up more and more in our uh, universe, uh, in the sacred timeline, since I... Golden timeline. <laughs> I much prefer that. It says better. Um, in the golden timeline. So let's see where he does go with Thor Love and Thunder. Mm-hmm. He's also supposedly going to be turning up as well in Guardians of the Galaxy, maybe. Yeah. Um, so we'll see how that more grown-up Thor kind of takes along. Oh, sorry. Let me rephrase that. Thor is turning up in supposedly both uh obviously his own film and Guardians of the Galaxy. We don't know whether it is our Thor turning up in Guardians of the Galaxy. It could be Jane Foster. That, that's yeah, that's entirely possible. I think that the, the rumors about about him turning up there is just because he left with the Guardians at the end of Endgame. That was his his final moment that we saw him on screen uh, in that uh, in that path was he was on his way out of uh, of that area with the Guardians. That's why they're turning up in Love and Thunder, but uh, unfortunately Guardians of the Galaxy uh, 3 is isn't in production at the same time so we don't no. know which way it's turning out excellent stuff thanks so much for your feedback diana yes thank you so much yeah thanks so much diana and thanks to everybody else for sending in your feedback if you want to send in any thoughts about the show or any of the other shows we cover again you can email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com or pop over to our facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash tv podcast industries do you know what else people have been doing all season with our email address, feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. Oh, I don't know. You too. They've been sending in their answers to our pub quiz questions for the season. Uh, lots of entrants, as we said. Will we go through our questions and answers for the season and then find out who's the winner of the 
What if Funko Pops? I think we should before oh, I that's squeal. That's like a lot of hard work. <laughs> it was loads of hard work, Chris. Yes, absolutely. But let's go through it anyway. <laughs> absolutely. Let us get into the answers for the what if pub quiz. So, fellow quizzers and defenders, uh, episode one question. What was the name of the Red Skull's castle? The name of the castle was Castle de Crake. Excellent. Excellent. Chris, do you want to take the second one? Yes. Episode two. What if T'Challa became a Star-Lord? Question. What folklore hero does T'Challa embody as Star-Lord? For a bonus point, what name does Yandu give this folklore hero? Mm-hmm. The answer was Robin Hood and Robin Leach for the bonus point. Excellent. Robin Hood and Robin Leach. Yes. Robin Leach, the presenter of Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. Um, oh, so I did not know that. There you go. Uh, little things that we can't Very call Very good. <laughs> uh, our episode three question for what if the Earth lost its mightiest heroes was what is Agent Coulson's shield login password used by Natasha Romanoff? I have to say I laughed at almost everybody that sent in uh, their answer to this. Everybody got it right. Um, I just enjoyed reading uh, hashtag Steve, 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 I heart Steve 0704. Uh, <laughs> just loved, I loved reading that every time yeah. it came in. It uh, made me laugh all the time. Uh, just to point out, for those of us on the other side of the world, the 0704 is the 4th of July. Um, a lot of people reading that as the 7th of April, as we would, uh, we would write it that way. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Over this side of the world. But uh, yes, of course, 4th of July being the birthday of Steve Rogers. So, yes. Oh, uh, that makes more sense. It does. It does yes. People come to the metric system. Write your <laughs> write your dates the right way. No more Z's instead of S's. We're done here. There you go. On to question four from episode four. What if Doctor Strange lost his heart instead of his hands? From what creature or animal did the misguided Doctor Strange Supreme get his cloak from? The answer to that is a beetle or a bug or an insect. Mm-hmm. Any of those uh, are are correct. Uh, don't know the exact magical being, unfortunately. Uh, my magical knowledge from Marvel um, absolutely um, escaped me um, during that. Bugasaurus. How about that? The big bad beetle Borg. Beetlejuice. Well, we aren't giving out any extra points, but two of our... Uh pub quizzers who sent in answers to the question uh, did provide a name that could possibly be for that bug very good could you read that john no i can't and that is presumably why it escaped my brain because i couldn't keep the pronunciation of gajashk nira gajashk nira i think that's that's a good uh, a good Attempt at a good punt mm. at, uh, at the possible name. I will now get a tattoo of that so I never forget it. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. I, I would have gone Beelzebub. I like that too. Uh, that's yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. But thank you so much uh, to those of you that said uh, that is one of the answers. We are going to give it to uh, to bug or insect um, ah. as well. Do I get bonus points? I'm not playing, but do I get bonus points? Chris, you have one point. Uh, do Yay! I read the next, next question out? <laughs> sure. For episode five, what if zombies? Question, what job does Okoye think Happy Hogan has? And the answer is Uber driver. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which he yep. kind of is. Poor Happy Hogan. <laughs> he has a much bigger job. <laughs> yes. Yes. 
And he's, a po- sad he's told Hogan. and told to uh, to drive Tony Stark wherever he wants him to go. So kind of a driver. <gasps> you could have a mashup of Marvel and WWE, and it could be Happy Hulk Hogan. There you go. <laughs> I love it. I love it. What if uh, Happy Hogan went into the ring in the eighties? <laughs> well, he did it in the nineties in Friends. So <laughs> that is true. That's that true. Is true. Our question on episode six, what if Killmonger saved Tony Stark, was how much can Tony Stark spend on a slow Tuesday in Vegas? He can spend $10 million. Wow. uh, He could spend them on me. That would be great. It certainly would be great. Mm -hmm. Um, For episode seven, what if Thor were an only child? We gave you the question, what tattoos do Thor and Jane Foster get in Las Vegas? It was the word science with a microscope and magic with Thor's hammer. And which was which, John? Thor gets the science and the microscope and Jane gets magic with Thor's hammer. That's because it. Meow, meow. Yes, because magic is science in Thor's world. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yes, it is. Magic is just science we don't understand. Exactly. In Thor's world. That's right. That is the quote I was supposed to be saying. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a long week. It has been. Moving on to the next question for episode eight. What if Ultron won? We asked you what type of takeaway does Natasha Romanoff order from Avengers Tower? The answer is, of course, pizza with a gluten-free crust, thereby cementing that Natasha Romanoff is celiac. Yes. Who knew? Mm-hmm. Who knew? In that universe, yeah. In that, in all universes. <laughs> well, in that universe, definitely. And I know she was trying to uh, to confuse the Ultron bots as well. So uh, I kind of like that as the uh, as the answer to the question. Excellent stuff. Our final question for the What If Pub Quiz for Episode Nine: What if the Watcher broke his oath? Was what music related battle cry does Thor use before attacking Ultron? And who was the original singer of that song? The answer was Viva Las Vegas, the original singer. It wasn't a trick question. It was Elvis Presley. Uh, Lots of people thinking it was a trick question, looking for the original singer. (laughs) Is there somebody back in in 1940 that sang Viva Las Vegas? No, it is Elvis Presley. It is the king. Uh Viva Las Vegas. (laughs) Uh And thanks so much to everybody that entered uh, our challenging quiz uh for for what if uh we have got 13 people with the right with all correct answers all 12 correct answers that's fantastic good going fellow quizzes uh your your mcu knowledge is phenomenal Mm -hmm. so we have salima kisler laurie carroll steve brown matt murdick jamie lawton mr b jones aj ebersall will walton Suzanne Nelson, Andrew Davies, Jared Lowry, Heather Wallace, and Victor Von Doom, all with all correct entrances for the What If pub quiz. Fantastic. Yeah, that is great going Mm -hmm. um, from from everyone there in the the final draw, Mm -hmm. uh, getting top marks, 12 out of 12. And to everyone, because even though they didn't get the full full marks, it was literally uh, one or two mm-hmm. uh, questions that just were stumped the panel. Con- stumped the panel. Yeah, were delivered confusingly by me. Maybe <laughs> who, who, who knows? Um, 
But, you know, again, really all very uh, close together, nicely clustered. And um, so, yeah, good stuff, fellow quizzes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Thanks so much once again for everybody that have entered. But let us decide on who the winner is going to be. John, make the call. Chris, see if you can help us out of this. Yes, I must look now into my magical, virtual, uh, mystical ball here uh, and ask Christoph to ask his electronic crystal ball to whip out a number randomly from 1 to 13. Sure. Hey, Google, randomly select a number between 0 and 13. I didn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Google, randomly select a number between 0 and 13. Zero. <laughs> hey, Google, randomly select a number between 0 and 13. Three. Three. Three! Ha ha ha! And the winner is Mr. Steve Brown. Well done, Steve Brown. Congratulations. Absolutely. Congratulations, Steve, on getting all those answers correct, plus the additional bonus points Mm -hmm. as well uh, that we threw into the mix as well. Again, really close with everyone, Mm -hmm. and we just have to do it in this randomized fashion. You say really close, but all 13 people got all of the answers right. That's as close as it possibly can get, so we have to do it randomized, yes. Yeah, so um, that is really good stuff. Uh, Congratulations, Steve. Uh, We will be in touch uh, to to see uh, which of the Funko Pops What If uh, collection uh, you would like to to have uh, whizzing its way through uh, mail uh, to you. So congratulations, Steve, again, and to all the fellow quizzers and mm-hmm. defenders for, for joining in uh, in this season's uh, pub quiz. Absolutely. We will be back with another pub quiz for Hawkeye, I'm sure, uh, later on in the year, uh, when Hawkeye comes out on the 24th of November. And yeah, thanks everybody for entering. Hopefully you've enjoyed it as much as we've enjoyed putting it together as well. Yes, thank you so much to everyone. All the entrants, congratulations to Steve. We will be back very soon. We'll be back this week for our continuation of Why the Last Man. Mm-hmm. Episode 7 this week of 10 in this yes, season. My Mother Saw a Monkey. Exactly, exactly. Yes. It's, a, it's a really good one. I've already seen the episode. It's really good. Uh, go check it out. Yes. Um, and come and join us for that coverage. Uh, only three more episodes to go on that. And then we're moving in to different shows. Again, you know, I mentioned, of course, that we're covering Hawkeye later on in the month. We will be covering Wheel of Time as well, which comes out on <gasps> November 19th on Amazon Prime. Chris's choice there. Uh, I know John's been reading the books as well. Been oh, I have. Books, so. uh, I am flying through the books, mm-hmm. loving them. So, uh, so I am your- absolutely excited for Wheel of Time from mm-hmm. Amazon Prime. So those will be the two shows we'll be covering at the same time uh, next month in November in between why the Last Man Finishing and Hawkeye Coming. We have two Marvel movies to cover as well. We've got Eternals and Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, which will be coming out, I think, 11th of November on Disney Plus Day is the announcement now that it's going to be out uh, on 11th of November, the week after Eternals goes to the cinema, effectively. So we will be covering both of those movies pretty soon after we uh, after we get done with our coverage of Why the Last Man, I think, is where we're going to land with those. Uh, thanks so much for joining us for all of the What If coverage this season. Uh, hopefully you'll come back and join us by subscribing to TV Podcast Industries wherever you listen to your podcasts.
Yes, and if you've enjoyed what you've listened to this season, please make sure you head on over to patreon.com slash TV Podcast Industries, where you can support us for a Marvel dollar or any amount, really, on an ongoing basis to help us fund the the, the servers, the the hamsters in the wheel, and all that fun (laughs) and games. Or you can just, if you prefer a one-off tip payment coffee if you want to feed Derek with his caffeine habit that we have built up over the years of Mm -hmm. podcasting as he edits into the wee hours you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash tvpi where you can just buy him a coffee we would be greatly appreciative of any and all support if you can't support on patreon or buy me a coffee just why not share the podcast on the socials? Tell the world in the mother. Go to your granny and show, shove, shove, shove the whole what of series in her face and go, look how great this is. And then <laughs> okay. get our podcast and put it on a radio and go, look how great this is. Yeah. And then just put one on each ear and go listen to both of them at the same time. <laughs> and before you know it, we'll be on BBC Radio 2. Yes, exactly. Or four. Or four. Yeah. Yeah, not one though. <laughs> yes, you can, you can, you can put us on a radio just by turning your phone onto speaker and pressing play on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely, indeedy. Once again, thanks everybody for joining us. We'll talk to you again next time. Yeah, thanks so much, fellow defenders, for joining us. Remember, keep watching, keep listening, and keep defending. Bye, bye, bye. bye.